When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Boomer. Well, Dave, just excited to be on here tonight. We're ready to discuss all the breaking Husker news we got today, the release of the Husker baseball schedule. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Looking for that home opener versus uh, Northern Colorado. Maybe Rob will come out for that. Probably not. <laughs> it's March 6th. Perfect weather in Nebraska. Yeah, perfect baseball, baseball weather. In yeah, I, I'll say this. I'll come out for that if the spring game – is right around that time. I <laughs> know that's not going to happen. Isn't it generally in March already? So not that early. No, uh, no, no. more like April. I don't spring remember practice might have started by that point. Yeah. Well, Rob, uh, you're also with us. Yes, I am. All I believe so. Physically, <laughs> metaphysically. Uh, um, yeah, I just want to let you guys all know too that um, I have been on the phone all day, all weekend, all week. And with all my sources, and let me tell you, we are going to hire a brand new coach. You may not hear about it today. You may not hear about it tomorrow. You might hear about it next week, but you'll definitely hear about it when it happens. Yeah, you know, that's about as good advice as you can give right now, Rob. And uh, I wish more people on Twitter would be taking that advice. Uh, Wait, Twitter? You mean the most reasonable um, oh, speaking of Twitter, <laughs> I, I don't know what happened there, Rob. Did you put that up? I I might have, and not on purpose. Um, let's uh, let's go to the let's oh. go to the promos since it's clearly telling us we should go to the promos, and then we're okay. going to dive deep into this coaching search uh, because we probably don't want to talk that much about the Michigan game, right? No. So what, what, let's uh, let's head over to the promos. Okay, no, that's easy. Okay, first of all, go big Redcast. We're doing a live show at Hale Varsity Club this Friday night. Um, I believe it starts at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. So I live in Colorado. Sometimes I have to remind myself these things. And uh, it's going to be a good time. We're going to be up there for two hours. We're going to be doing a live show. I believe Husker Volleyball will be playing Iowa at the time. You can go to um, nice. uh, any of the Hale Varsity uh, Club website. I think you can go to their Twitter. You can go to any of the uh, tweets that we've sent out. Reserve a table so that you're guaranteed a seat there. And then stick around afterwards. You can catch me doing some uh, LL Cool J karaoke, or you know, maybe maybe some like Bohemian Rhapsody or something really original. Um, also, a reminder to our Redcast subscribers uh, for Hail Varsity, or I don't even know if I said that right. Whatever. Just remember, you can uh, get your subscription to Hail Varsity Magazine with promo code Redcast and receive ten dollars off your first year's subscription. Uh, lots of great Husker content there. Aaron Sorensen and team are doing a wonderful job um, of putting together everything from football to volleyball to baseball, um, wrestling. I think they even had a rifle 
feature in there at one point. So lots of good a stuff. Very good women's on. rifle team. So that makes we sense. do. Did they? I don't understand rifle scoring. I know this is off topic from our sponsors, but the low score wins. Is that right? Like I don't know. I don't understand rifle at all, and it. I I really apologize too because I actually we'll, we'll take a deep yeah. dive on that in the off season, Rob. We'll get Sounds back good. to our, our listeners. All right, and remember alumni hall uh, for all of your Nebraska Corn Husker licensed apparel. Um, they have the newest in the Adidas line, and they have two Lincoln locations. One's in downtown at eleven twenty P Street, and the other is at South Point Pavilions behind Barnes and Noble. And let me tell you, people, if you're going to go to any of them, go to that one because. Apparently, some of their signage never got put up properly, and now it is put up properly, and you can find it really easily, and they have the best deal for your game day gear. They 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 sent me that and asked me to kind of tell people, like, you know what? Our signs are there now. The banners are gone. So that's good. It's, and then smack and You sweet. can actually get to the, the location without going through the Barnes Noble. It's not like in the back of the Barnes Noble. Correct? No, no, no. It's not in the back, but it's behind it. So, you know. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Just back into you know, the All of the shady back. guy leaning up against the wall, smoking cigarettes with the sunglasses on. All right. Next. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually going to go visit that location because speaking of which and tying everything in together, we will have um, prizes. Uh, we'll have red cast paraphernalia, which um, Smack and Smooch makes our custom shirts and specialty items for all the red cast. And you can find them on Facebook and Twitter at, at Smack and Smooch. You can uh, message our friends over there and they would be more than happy to put together anything you need for like a family reunion, whether you want to come up with a custom Husker shirt. I believe now that Jeff Saturday is going to be our new coach, it'll be like Huskers are for Saturdays. I, I think. I, right. our listener, yeah. Abby, our, our listener, Abby, she, she came up with that. And I laughed after I was done crying from the Raiders losing to Indianapolis yesterday, but also I wanted to tie it in because um, with alumni hall, we're also going to have some gift cards from them and some apparel cool. that they are providing for us to give away uh, to our listeners who are present at the Hale varsity club, ordering food, drinks, and all that fun stuff and listening to us live. So there you go, Dave. That's that. So it must be present to win. Is that what must you're be present to win. That's right. Including you, Boomer. That means they have to put up with Rob in person. You know, it's going to be an interesting time, Dave. I, I'm really not quite sure. I, my son will be there and, and, you know, I do host trivia and I've been, I've been a trivia host for a company geeks who drink for like nine years now. Um, so I'm not shy on a microphone in case nobody's figured that out here, but um, in person, especially, and it's going to be an interesting night because I'm going to have to remember that it is a family environment and um, keep myself in check a little bit That's there. That's correct. Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. And it, it'll be a little bit more improvisational, too, because I think we're going to have people come up on stage from the audience that we know that we don't know. Maybe have people who have questions that get submitted. We're making table tents. We're really doing a production here this time, and, That's and, cool. we're, and we're really it's a full excited two hours. It. Did I see that right? Yeah, it's a full two hours. So on the stage, yeah, yeah, which is how long my trivia lasts every week. So it's not much different for me personally. Yeah, um, we yeah, we've done two hour shows before, so I'm sure uh, that's not that going to be a challenge. It's true, and you guys did a show at Hale Varsity, and I so I think Honky kind of has an idea of the lay of the land. I was not there. Um, I was in Nebraska at the time, but I wasn't at that show. So, you know, it will, um, I'm looking forward to it. I hope that some of our listeners and some of the people that come on here, you know, come introduce yourself. I have some red. That's this stickers. Friday, this Make Friday sure before this the Wisconsin Friday. game, which I am going to be in a meet Rob in person this yeah. Friday. Yeah. Meet I mean, me if that doesn't person. get them out there, I don't know what will. 
Well, either that or it'll clear the room. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Honky will join you. Hail Varsity uh, Club. Class. Sounds like Mac will also be there. Um, Boomer is always just, you know, he might surprise you. You just never can tell. Um, no hockey this week on the show, but you'll get him on Friday, sounds like. Yeah. Um, and uh, obviously, we don't need to recap that Michigan game all that much. Uh, a 34-3 to loss that was never really in doubt. And um, and we are have Wisconsin next week, right? We can throw up the Wisconsin graphic just to make sure everyone remembers. We do have a game this Saturday um, at 11 o'clock Central, to your point, Rob. Win and number four, I'm calling it now. It could happen. It could happen. Wisconsin did not look that good against Wisconsin or Iowa, excuse me, last week in a uh, 24-10 loss to the Hawkeyes, um, which lost me money because they did not get to 35 points. I thought they were going to get there, and they just never got there because Wisconsin can't score. So, uh, hey, if Casey Thompson plays, uh, I think we got uh, some sort of shot. Um, let's run through some tweets of the week and then, uh, let's have some fun with the coaching search and then we'll do the betcast. Does that sound like a show guys? Sounds wonderful. Dave, <laughs> I was sorry, I'm sorry. My cue card didn't pop up there for the script. Uh, <laughs> all right. So let's put all things on, uh, put on our colored glasses and talk all things Husker football and, uh, honky, uh, even though he's not here tonight, was nice enough to put some tweets out here for us. Uh, so we'll just run through them here. Uh, first one, we did have a offer out to another in-state uh, player, Isaiah McMorris, uh, who's, I think, what, well, he got a Penn State offer and and others. I mean, he's getting a lot of traction. There's the 2024 offer, actually. So good for him. I don't know if you guys are seeing anything on that. Well, I will say this, is that it, it really does seem like there are, and maybe, you know, it's only because I've really started focusing on recruiting myself a little bit more, but I've always like listened to you guys talk about it. And it seems like Nebraska, a lot more players and especially in the Omaha Lincoln area are getting a lot more recognition, like in recruitment, recruiting offers from schools outside of beyond Nebraska. Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah. And and a lot of power five schools to big 10 schools at that. So it'll be interesting because one of the things that we have always preached on the red cast as a whole was uh, in-state talent, recruiting from the inside out, and it seems like we're getting a lot of these local kids again. So that's great. True, true. All right, let's see what else we got here. Um, a tweet from our friend of the show, Stephen M. Sippel, uh, talking about Sean Callahan, uh, mentioned that uh, Steve Cooper actually called the first three plays of the second half while Mark Whipple was taking the elevator up to the press box there at – at the big house um, to take over. So uh, we did have a, a three play reprieve boomer from uh, the whip effect. Yeah. I thought you really noticed a difference there in those three oh, plays. Yeah. I mean, you could really detect it in that game. So yeah, maybe, maybe we've seen what the offense really can do, you know, with or without whipple there. So, you know, boomer, uh, you know, some people are saying like, uh, you know, this is the worst Nebraska team of all time or the worst since 1961 or whatever. I mean, just name the, the, the claim there, I guess, uh, you know, the offense is, is pretty bad. Let's, let's be honest, but it, it was better with uh, a Casey Thompson running Whipple's offense. And we just haven't gotten that. I feel like our, our two other quarterbacks in a different offense, a Scott Frost, Frost offense probably would be better, but that's not, not going to happen. Uh, so it's kind of a victim of circumstance here, but 
And do you feel like this is like one of the worst Nebraska teams of all time? I mean, geez, that's that's harsh. Well, I mean, there's always the 1899 bunch led by uh, Alonzo Edwin Branch that went one seven and one, featuring an yeah, exhibition exactly. win against Lincoln High, and and their only actual victory against Drake. So you know, it wasn't that was not a good team? Did they lose to Lincoln High? Did they no, lose? no, they won six to nothing. So that always, <coughs> but uh, yeah, everything else was was pretty bleak. They didn't score a whole hell of a lot either. So. Yeah, they were not a good team. I wouldn't go so far to say this is the you know one of the worst teams of all time. Uh, yeah, that's yeah probably unfair to the the team itself. It was an odd scenario they've been put in, and I I think we all know there's shortcomings on this team. I don't think anyone would come yeah, out and say this fair. is a not a championship contending team. It's not a playoff team, anything like that. And there are shortcomings and. They probably haven't played to the level of some of the talent they've had for a variety of reasons, you know, whether it was lack of development yep. and injuries and just the the chaos of the coaching scenario they've had this year. That's There's been a lot of challenges to it. So, yeah. you know, the worst team of all time? No, I wouldn't say that. I mean, right now they are struggling, especially offensively. I mean, they're just yeah. not Defensively, yeah. I mean, you know, 34 points. It's going to be anybody has a problem stopping Michigan running the ball right now. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if Honky was here, I think he would – bring up the point that the 2017 team uh, in Riley's lame duck, uh, you know, last part of that season seemed to have kind of given up a little bit more. Um, I I don't get that sense from this team. They just can't score. This offense hasn't scored a touchdown in what 20 drives or some incredible number. Um, One touchdown since Casey Thompson has left um, uh, with the injury. So, I mean, if we have a chance to win this uh, week, Rob, like you were mentioning, uh, do you feel it's pretty much uh, imperative that Casey Thompson is the one taking snaps? I mean, yeah, because we don't really have any other option, no pun intended, to, um, you know, do anything. And, and okay, before Purdy got hurt, I actually thought that we might be in the game. Um, and once he got hurt, that was done. I mean, I, I had no hope whatsoever because um, – I really like Logan Smothers. I think he's a good quarterback and he looked great last year against Iowa running the frost offense. Um, you know, he looked competent. He looks, you know, he, he, he looked like he was making good decisions out there. Um, he, he does look a little lost in the Whipple offense, you know? Um, and the problem, the problem is, is that, you know, he needs to be on the run from the time that he receives a snap, not, not, you know, on the run because the offensive line is collapsing around him. So yeah, it's a little true. bit. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, I saw you laughing because you're like, where is he going with this? But no, um, I'm just reading the, uh, the oh, um, oh, Rob was hitting the Kool-Aid hard before Purdy got hurt. I, I was actually, <laughs> um, I didn't see that, but um, no, I, I, I was, I, I felt like I was like, wow, well, like we're not going to win this game, but we might cover um, I know it was a 30 and a half point spread people. That was a joke. It was um, close. They were yeah. close to covering. They, they were close to covering, but um, I felt like we, we could have maybe kept it close. The defense was doing well. The problem was the defense just got tired. I mean, if they're, if the offense isn't on sure. the field, very long, out the defense is out there a lot. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm rambling now, but I, yeah. I so let's I, move I, away yeah. from Michigan, Rob. We yeah, don't need to I, talk about I didn't want to go there. You're the one that brought it up. You don't need to ramble though. You can okay. just You're answer right. and I'm move done. on. I, I don't know how to do that, Dave. Brevity is the okay. soul of wit, Rob. Remember that. Right. So, yeah. Well, let's, Rob, let's turn to something else that you probably want to talk about, and that is pipeline jerky. Well, our friends over at Husk Guys, you know, they've been trying to get into the NIL game for a while, and I would say that one of the best ways to get into the NIL game is into Husker fans' stomach. And um, 
yeah, they they have pipeline jerky. It's the official beef jerky of the offensive line, and uh, it's officially launched. And you can go to pipeline-jerky.com and get your orders in there. You can buy them in bundles too. They've got a bunch of different flavors. They sent some to Honky. He was going to give it to the rest of us, but I'm pretty sure that while he was packaging it up, he misunderstood the concept of packaging it, and he was unpackaging it and eating it. So I don't know that mm. we'll see any of that, but I think I'm going to get some this weekend. Um, I'll make sure to, uh, if I get enough, Dave, I'll bring you back some, how's that? And then I'll bribe you some with some more freak golf in the cold. So <laughs> nothing like winter golf with Rob up in Greeley. That's so exactly what I was. You just said like, for. you just said like, ask me, that sounds like a party. Okay. <laughs> I mean, probably I'm off, has, has I'm off the wagon. Of, uh, I'm off the wagon. I am, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, drinking Bud Lights on the golf course. Uh, you know what I mean? It's life is good. Well, uh, I am going to show this graphic because it gets to my point. One other one I wanted to bring up, I didn't have a chance to actually put it on the right uh, tweets of the week slide deck, but I wanted to highlight something that Honky had had mentioned in one of the tweets. He states, it's crazy how many Husker head coaching candidates have appeared on Board Geniuses at some point this year. That's the uh, Twitter account message, Board Geniuses. Friendly reminder that whomever Trev hires, he and his Staff will need our support more than ever as NU faces a difficult rebuild ahead and there will be losses along the way. Um, I thought that was an interesting tweet. Just, I mean, I think there's a, a lot of debate, obviously, on, on who the head coach is. But there's also a debate on on how big this rebuild is. Um, and it's funny. I mean, if this team is, you know, I don't know has one more win, maybe two more wins, somehow the rebuild isn't that bad, but it's the exact same uh, uh, team out there. And they easily, you know, probably should have beat um, Northwestern and, and Georgia Southern, Southern. And, and been far more competitive uh, with a healthy Casey Thompson against several other, other uh, teams. But uh, this idea that, you know, Boomer, that we need to support whoever the head coach is, um, you know, there's different ways to fan, right? Hockey has had this whole thing about fandom and how to how to be a fan. And um, I like to take a, a critical approach to my fandom. Um, I agree with him that we'll need to, you know, uh, support the program. Uh, doesn't mean that you can't be critical of um, the, the coaching hire, potentially, um, or at least look at it. Um, in uh, three three dimensions in the sense that there's going to be pros and cons with, with anybody we hire. What do you think about that? No, that's correct. I mean, I, I've said it before and, you know, I'll say it again here. My relationship with coaches is purely transactional. You know, I, <laughs> I, I, I have two basic things from a coach. You know, first thing is don't embarrass the university with scandals or recruiting issues or, you know, Baylor-esque type things and get us on probation or mix the laughingstock of the country. Yeah, that's step one. Most coaches we've had can do that for the most part. And then step two is, you know, actually win some games. That's what we hire you and pay you millions for. Yeah, anything after that is is just, you know, whatever to me. I, I You know, I don't have any huge concerns whether it's, you know, a certain type of coach or a certain type of game plan or, you know, they have connections to the university or not. You know, those are the two main criteria I have. And like I said, Dave, I think it's fair for us as fans to be to have questions about coaching hires and be critical of them. You know, or, you know, and supportive when they do things we like and we have a right to voice our opinions if we're not happy with, you know, either a particular hire or have concerns at a hire or how they're managing the team. That's yeah. just yeah. part of being a fan. I think you, you have that right, especially of the staff. So. That's right. Well, let's let's take that approach with a, a little bit of a deeper dive into the head coaching search. 
Now, um, it was another another week of rampant rumors on uh, Twitter and social media that have gone nowhere. Um, this time around, it's been uh, more smoke on uh, Matt Rule. And, um, you know, if we remember that in our coaching draft, uh, we definitely had Matt Rule uh, on the board. Oh, look, I've got Matt Rule. Look at that. Um, Matt Rule is on my team, so maybe I might might win this. Um, you know, let's let's take a pro and con approach here a little bit. Let's start with Matt Rule, but maybe hit maybe three or four other of the most likely candidates. Um, hmm. Let's see who's most positive here: Boomer or Rob? Hmm. Boomer's super cynical, and Rob is very positive no matter what, and he'll support the coach we pick no matter what. So, Rob, I'm going to give you – I'm going to run these names down, and you're going to do the pro for each one of these, and Boomer can can lay out the cons. So, with what you know about Matt Rule, what would you say are the, the biggest pros about hiring Matt Rule? Honky won't have an excuse to be upset with our offense anymore because we're going to run the ball a lot. That's right. Uh, that's fair. I think Matt Rule uh, comes off as someone who wants to win the line of scrimmage on both sides, be very physical. Um there has been some articles about him, how he had to do the deal with the devil to run the RPO, but um, still made it try to be a physical offense. So, all right. So Honky's not, not going to be disappointed about the run game any longer. Boomer, biggest con with Matt Rule. Uh, biggest con. There's a few things that I guess point to concern. One might be he you know, has a reputation. A lot of this came out with, uh, especially with Carolina with him being fired, that he's kind of a paranoid control freak was the, term i saw in a usa today story about him you know that he then they said he like motivates through intimidation and mind games i mean that can work in some scenarios and that can probably crash and burn in the wrong scenario so that would be one bit of concern i would think that's interesting that's interesting yeah. i also saw another tweet out there to, to counter that that like if you someone said if you took a poll of 300 head high school football coaches in texas and asked them who's your favorite coach um, they they said that Matt Rule would be the number one answer. I was like, wow. I mean, that's that's also interesting, right? So everybody has a different perspective on on that type of personality, I suppose. All right. I think one of the things they'd said about him was like he had he wanted to approve any social media post by any member of the the Panthers team, you know, before it went out. So yeah, you, you probably I mean, need, need some people right? to do that for you. Yeah. Yeah. But have you, I mean, considering like some of the stuff with like Antonio Brown that, you know, and like other NFL players and some of the stuff that goes out, like to me, that's fair. Like, yeah, these guys are professional athletes and they have stuff that goes out. But at the same time, I mean, that's the sort of thing that you might want from a college coach, right? Like maybe not a pro well, coach, I, but maybe a college I would, coach. I would say from a leadership perspective, um, you, if you're, that worried about what your your players or your staff are, are tweeting about is that you haven't established uh, the type of culture um, that um, has everyone on the same page about what what they believe in about your program and how you want to um, project that to the to the world and and really the the leadership part of that is actually having your own buy into um, you know what you are as a Carolina Panther or Baylor Bear or Temple Owl, and then that should take care of itself because then they're they're not they're going to make the right decisions, right? So leaders, you can't. It's like micromanaging, right? And so I mean, to Boomer's point, I, I 
you're getting paid five to 10 million a year, you, you should have other people, A, helping you do that. And B, you should be establishing the culture so the players or other staff members aren't tweeting things out that you're ashamed of, right? That'd yeah. be my take. There you go. All right, let's, uh, let's throw out another name. Um, let's see, one that was floating out there on probably message board geniuses was um, Chris Kleiman. K-State head coach who just beat Dave Aranda and the Baylor Bears this week in a pretty dominant um, manner. And I, I did hear boomers out right that Adrian Martinez is out for at least the regular season now. So, yeah, he certainly didn't play that game. Yeah. 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 High ankle oh, sprain. He did play, time. actually. He, 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 had, did he? he was like three for four on passes for like X amount. He must have got injured during the game, Rob. Because yeah, because yeah, when I turned in, yeah, he he hadn't been playing for a while. Yeah, he had a he had a, had a bunch of stat line. I was yeah. I was curious. Someone texted me and was like, "Hey, do you know if he's playing in this game this weekend?" And I'm like, honestly, I I think I said on the show, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't follow. So, K-State Rob, and I'm not going to know. Back to the head coaching search. Yes, Chris Kleiman. Mm-hmm. Positives about hiring Chris Kleiman as head coach in Nebraska. Well, I'll say that he recognizes the talent he needs for the system that he runs, and he was able to find that talent in a Nebraska recruit and bring him there and actually get production out of him prior to his injury um, and really was able to showcase that player's talents for his offensive system. That's fair. Yeah, um, Adrian had more success at K-State in the – six or eight games now that he's he played there than yeah than uh, at nebraska obviously um maybe not statistically at all times no but also, they ultimately won more games with him but at the helm than he he was a much there. better game manager for k-state up until he got injured this week so i mean yeah hadn't thrown a pick until you asked for a positive i gave you a positive all right all right i mean he Boomer? sounds like he can develop players How's what would be uh, a negative to chris Kleiman? Oh, negatives? Well, you know, he's not a flashy hire by any stretch of the imagination. I don't know if his offense yep. is going to, you know, break any records or anything wherever you put him. Uh, you know, North Dakota State's one thing. Kansas State, they've been a pretty consistent 8-7, eight, 8-win eight team since he's been there. Granted, we take that now, but, I mean, is that a ceiling, you know, with a, a team like that in, in a mm-hmm. Midwestern-type conference or setting? It could be. I don't know. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. Honky, I think, likes Chris Kleiman quite a, quite a bit. Does have a very physical offense, uh, run first um, with the mobile quarterback. Uh, can he recruit at the level that he needs to? I mean, that was where maybe someone, like, if you keep Mickey on board, could, could help out a lot. Um, all right, another name. Another name that's been out there a lot lately. I don't know if there's any, any traction on it. Gary Patterson, former TCU head coach. And now uh, defensive analyst for Texas. Rob, what would be a positive of, for Gary Patterson? <sighs> Honestly, man, I know nothing about the guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's what people tune into I the mean, show I know for, we've, I know, I know that we've had, I know we've had this yeah. discussion before, Dave, but it's like, you know, well, so let me fill in like, for you, Rob. I, Gary Patterson's not even a name I've seen come up. I'll be honest with you. Like, it's I don't been follow coming up a lot the last week, actually. Um, I mean, I, for me, it's like rule is trending online. Even and yeah, the Kansas State coach trending online, but like I haven't seen anything on Twitter as far as Gary Patterson goes. Yeah, like, it's been been buzzing a little bit. That's um, how they sneak up on you, Rob. Yeah, it is. How, that's how they end up getting hired. Yep. You know. Yeah. 
62, um, obviously knows his defense in and out, uh, was at TCU for 20 years and took them places that had never been before since was, was it Doak Walker or semi bought TCU? I always forget Boomer. <laughs> Doak Walker, right? Yeah. 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 Sammy Baugh was at Shucks. I should know my Texas uh, 30s football players better than that. Anyway, um, <laughs> I think he went to SMU. I think Sammy Baugh went to SMU. Boomer can look it up for me. Um, anyway, uh, you know, the one of the things I've heard about him is well, Sammy uh, Baugh did play at TCU, Dave. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it was. All right. All right. Boy, TCU was awfully good back in the 30s. Um, is uh, he's not big on NIL, right? Has an issue with right. um, um, kind of the um players being able to speak independently of the program. Boomer, yeah, any other negatives on on Gary Patterson? Yeah, I, that would be the big negative at this point. Um, you know, it's come up. I've heard that mentioned. You know, he's not a big fan of. I don't. Although, in all honesty, I don't know how many coaches love NIL. I don't think a lot of them do. I mean, right. you could probably ask Saban or any of the, the big name coaches, do they sure. love it? I, I'm sure they don't. Uh, you, you combine that with the fact that he is 62. I mean, does he have a lot of huge drive to go out and do that and compete with this? You know, that might be the type of, you know, the reason you'd keep assistants on staff who are familiar with NIL and embrace it more readily. Yep. But is he as the head coach ready to do something like that? I don't know. So that, that would be a question. And then at, at 62, what kind of longevity are you getting? You know, you hate to see a guy just come on for a couple of years and decide to retire for whatever reason, if good or bad. Won, I, I don't know yeah. if we'd hear that much at this point. Well, true. Well, yeah. Yeah. There is that. Yeah. If you're winning, that would help a lot. But, you know, I, I will say I have seen some chatter um, in things in regards to that with age of the coach, right? Where, you know, don't be surprised if we have somebody who comes in for four to five years to build the program get us to a place to where we're going to be successful um, consistently making bowl games again, and then bring in another coach, you know, after four to five years, because maybe Gary Patterson is just, you know, moving on from coaching at that point or anything like that. Right. So yeah. I have seen some chatter in that regards where, you know, right now what we need is somebody who's going to be able to stabilize the program, get us back to like bowl games, competing for conference championships, things like that. Right. Or, or even just division championships if we have divisions in the future, whatever. But I mean, so I guess there's my positive is that maybe that's where he would come in handy. Yeah. Yeah. Boomer, you're posting a few, uh, we got a Roger Dodger giving us some questions there. You want to bring those up? Yeah. This was one that kind of plays into a little bit where we're talking about what he's far from Nebraska to have a new head coach from California, Texas or Florida ties for recruiting. Sure, I would have supposed so. We have had that in the past, though, right? I mean, Riley has uh, had California California's ties, and we know where that went. And Frost had Florida ties. Um, obviously, we recruited. But no Texas ties, Dave. So there's the missing link. That's what we need. So. That's right. That's right. Maybe <laughs> maybe Gary Patterson's the ticket on that. Although during the Pelini era, we had a lot of staff that had, had Texas connections. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you need – recruiters you need assistant coaches that have that i mean i think you can see from like sean becton still being very valuable because of his atlanta ties right he's not even from atlanta but he's been recruiting the area for so long that he's highly respected by the coaches so i think when you build your staff out you definitely need to take that into account i don't know if your head coach per se needs to have that those ties themselves um 
Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, let's see another name out there. Let's have a fun one, Rob. How about uh, Deion Sanders? Well, easy pro. Yeah. Sorry. You can hear my daughter probably crying in the background too. So I guess that's how I'm going to say I'm, but I'm supposed to be positive, right? Um, the positive of Deion Sanders is that um, he seems to, even at a place like Jackson state, he seems to be having a lot of appeal for some really high level recruits, right? He already brought in one five-star. He's got another one kind of on the line. Um, he is all about the NIL out there at Jackson state and you know, he's obviously having some success recently for that school. And sure. Um, he would yeah. shadow the like stereotype of Nebraska coaches, right? I mean, yeah, he so. definitely, well, definitely would. Um, and the recruiting would be, be what he brought. Boomer, um, negative of prime time. Uh, yeah, it would definitely be an attention getting higher. I don't know. If like just from that attention splash angle of it, does he fit with Nebraska? You know, with what we always with the fan base, the blue hairs, things like that. I don't know. And then if they yeah, if you won, <laughs> yeah, if they win, it's a totally different story. And and it is you know it is a big jump from a Jackson State to a Nebraska. That's a pretty large leap for a head coach. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a tough jump, I think. So yeah, like he UCF. might make the jump though. He might have Auburn on the line, right? That's you know? true I mean, too. He, you never know. But yeah, he, so I'll, you know. I'll be curious to see what where he kind of go ends up after this the season. funny thing yeah. is i actually his name is the reason i wanted to do this pro versus con thing in, in the first place because it's been funny i've heard a lot of people on, on twitter like that gets my juices going boy i sure like to have Deion sanders as a head coach and i'm like do you even know what offense primetime runs i have no idea i don't i've never watched a jackson state game i know he has a five-star quarterback and for you're not players. up on swatching, Dave. I mean, no, I'm not watching a lot of swack action. You know, I mean, so swack. Don't Dave. know one word. I don't know what he would run here, right? I don't know enough about primetime. So I'm always amazed how people get so excited about somebody and they have no idea what they would actually do, offensively or defensively. Um, I mean, so, I would love him for a defensive backs coach. <laughs> I would think so. Although, <laughs> and then he, he could coach. even, and then he could even like part time as an assistant coach with the baseball team. Yeah. True. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there is that risk, though, that we kind of get drawn into the whole recruiting stars thing, kind of get starstruck with that. I mean, that that was a concern back with, uh, you know, in the Callahan years, people were, you know, thought we got too focused on stars and recruiting to the detriment of the team, you know, not knowing what we really wanted to do. So that's a risk with some of the hires that are potentially out there. And that's maybe what people are saying with Sanders. I'm not saying he's not a good coach. He might be. But like you said, Dave, I've watched, I don't think I've watched the game of theirs probably ever. So I have no idea, yeah. you know, what he's been doing for the last couple of years there. So yeah, I don't even have to sure. think about it. I know for a fact, I've never watched a Jackson state game. <laughs> um, all right. Let's see. Um, I'll, let's see. I'm trying to hit out all the most likely candidates at this point. Let's give uh, Bill O'Brien one more shot. Rob, any, any positives stand out to you for Bill O'Brien? Yeah. He's familiar with the big 10, obviously from Good his call. days at Penn state. Um, you know, he is another guy that I think has enough coaching experience uh, overall in a lot of different places that um, he can bring kind of that ability to know what it takes to, you know, rebuild a program. And yeah. Yeah. Boomer, what, what would be a negative of Bill O'Brien? Well, some negatives, you know, he doesn't have a huge 
tenure as a head coach in college. He had two years at Penn State and then went and dawdled around in the NFL for a while, and then he's back, and then kind of makes you wonder why he didn't get any other offers, you know, right away in a in a college head coaching job. I mean, granted, he had the opportunity to go to Alabama to be offensive coordinator, but, you know, I look at Alabama this year, even with the talent they have, their offense hasn't really been good, I wouldn't say, by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. They, the... they struggled this year, I mean. If, if you know that they don't have that doesn't seem to ha- seem like they have that elite wide receiver that they've had in the past and that's made a big difference but that's i mean it could be a, a could blame the offensive coordinator for not not getting some of those players the ball i suppose right um, yeah and just, I mean, I just such a limited record to draw on I, I don't know what to make of two years at penn state in an odd scenario so uh, yeah, yeah yeah no that's fair it's it's interesting I, I wonder when's the last alabama offensive coordinator that didn't win a national championship while they're there. <laughs> maybe it's, yeah. I mean, I'm guessing maybe like Sark probably won one when he was there. Lane won one when he was there. I mean, it's pretty interesting, huh? Yeah. Um, you stay there a couple uh, of years, you're bound to get one. Yeah. Yeah. It's usually a two year uh, deal. And uh, one of those two years typically ends up being a, a national championship. So, but not with, uh, not with O'Brien to, to your point. Um, all right, one more, and then I'll open up the board to you guys. Uh, Matt Campbell, Rob, any positives with Matt Campbell? Let's see, positive of Matt Campbell. Um, well, <sighs> he beat Iowa. There you go. Good job, Rob. Nice, nice dive there. <laughs> I mean, you know, I would I would add that I mean you want to talk about talent evaluation this and, and being able to recruit. He got players like Xavier Hutchinson, who we wanted, but he ended up getting, um, and um, uh, Bryce Hall, who was on his way to be the uh, NFL Rookie of the Year until he got that injury. Um, wanted to come to Nebraska, and we didn't even recruit the guy. Um, he has Nebraska ties, family wise, I believe, uh, and he goes to Iowa State. Um, so I would I would say Campbell um, might be a pretty good Midwest recruiter that can can recruit this area. Boomer. Yeah, he has that. I think the downside to him, at least you know these last couple seasons, has just kind of been maybe underachieved what people thought he would be doing. You know, Iowa State this year struggled. I think last year people expected more out of him, and they were what seven and six, I think, last year. Yeah, last year was a big bust. Yeah. Yeah. So he's kind of had some sluggish seasons and. I don't know if that's because he's, you know, hit a ceiling at, at Iowa State or just a ceiling right. with what he can do. Uh, it's possible. And, you know, whether it's fair to him or not, I don't think he would excite the fan base if he was announced as the the head coach right now. I don't know if you that, want to base higher on that. You shouldn't. Fair. But, yeah, All right. you know, that's stuff you do have to kind of consider, you know, how's the how the fan base and players and going to react to a hire that you make. And he, he he would take some selling, I think, by, by Trev Alberts to, yeah. to spend that as a – High quality hire. Rob, you know, speaking of recruits too that wanted to come to Nebraska that never got brought in. Did you know that Joe Burrow wanted to come to Nebraska and he never got recruited by Scott Frost? Did you know that? Point taken, Rob. Point taken. We have a lot of those guys, but um, (laughs) sorry, I just I felt like the opportunity. It's true. Yeah, he would have. Yeah. Um, But hey, we had our guy. So I mean, same scenario with with, with, KC. Yeah. Uh, I lied. I'll have one more because there's one that I left the board that is a legitimate candidate. That's Lance Leipold, 
from Kansas. Uh, Rob, biggest positive of Leipold's candidacy. All right. I don't even have to think about this one. Uh, that guy is doing a fantastic job. He has turned Kansas away from the laughing stock of the Big 12 to a team that every week uh, other teams are now preparing for um, and having to go out and actually game plan to beat on a con- like a serious game plan, not just kind of like we're going to run our offense or we're going to you know do this. Um, you know, every week Kansas is actually a fun team to watch right now. They're competitive, even in their losses. And I think that, um, that's the kind of coach that Nebraska needs to have in right now, right away. All right. All right. Boomer negatives. All right. Negatives. Uh, you know, it has been a while for him to actually get to this uh, power five level. You kind of makes you wonder, you know, what weren't people seeing in him? I believe is that right? He's in his upper fifties and got his first power five jobs at Kansas. You know, that, that does seem a little odd. I mean, after years at Whitewater and Buffalo. I mean, it wasn't like he was only at those places for, you know, a couple seasons. I mean, granted, he turned those programs and ran them successfully. And it is Kansas, and they are just at six wins, and I don't know if they'll get another one. And then when you get Leipold, everywhere he's gone, he's brought his offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator with him. So if you're going to hire Leipold, yep, you're going right. to get those two as well. I'm, I'm guessing are, he's going to say that's part of a package. So and that's interesting. You have to be happy with all of that. So you're not going to not bring those two along the way he's followed his whole yeah. career. He's not going to change now at this point. So otherwise he'll just stay at Kansas. Yeah, that's true. And that, that that's a little bit challenging. I've, I've always struggled with almost all of our hires over the last 20 years now, our inability to build a, a great coaching staff. And I think if you don't have experience in the big 10, uh, you need to have a staff that has some experience and knows what it's going to take on both sides of the ball to to win so that's that's a tough one um i keep on coming up with with names in my head that i i, I cannot at least have a, a pro and con in so i've got two more now <laughs> uh let's hit dave aranda when i mean i know everybody seemed to have moved on from dave aranda and baylor is struggling a little bit he won three in a row but they they lost to k-state pretty clearly last week six and four uh rob positives of dave aranda Again, just another guy who um, has done a great job with a you know kind of like a middle of the road program, you know, and has at least made them you know watchable on a weekly basis, and uh, obviously has them bowl eligible, which sounds really sad to say, but you know Baylor's constantly there, right? I mean, and yeah. and they've been you know ranked pretty high over the last few years a, a bunch of different times, and and you know they're a fun team to watch. That's definitely for sure, and they. For all intents, I mean, they seem to have a pretty good defensive, you know, team too. Which he's a defensive yeah. guy who's coached defense in the Big Ten, yeah, um, and has had success defense wherever he's gone. And and nothing and, would make me happier than to see Jim in Minnesota happy. All right? That's right. So, and yeah. Aranda, I mean, he's more of a opposed to someone like Matt Rule, who preceded him at Baylor, and seems to um, you know win his when his players over. Um, he uh, Aranda seems a little more philosophical um, in his approach, but it, it seems to be effective at the same time. Boomer, uh, negatives to Dave Aranda? Uh, negatives, you know, one is he's certainly not exciting. You know, he's not a fun person to, yeah. Tom Osborne very, wasn't exciting either, though, Boomer. No, that's true. But, you know, in this day and age, I don't know how big of a difference that makes. You know, he's certainly not going to wow anybody at pressers or anything like that. Yeah. And, and, and a possible negative is, you know, he has a very limited head coaching resume. He is his first season at Baylor. He took over for like an 11 win team that rule left him and they went two and whatever. 
Yeah. Then he followed up with one 12 win season, which is great. And this year it's kind of middling. I mean, we've hired yeah. a coach who took over a program and in two years had a great season with him and kind of look where that got us. You know, it wasn't sure. Sure. No, didn't have a whole sure. lot to base that on. So uh, he could be a good coach. It's certainly a possibility, but uh, yeah, again, that's just thin resume for what we have to, to go on as far as head coaching experience. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, with a lot of these coaches, it's, it's intriguing in the sense of uh, Roger Dodger mentions the UTSA coach. I forget his name, but he's got a good offense. Jeff trailer, uh, Jeff trailer. Yeah. And he's been there for a while now, too. Um, and Vegas Jarrett throws out Zach Taylor. Well, I guess if he it does get fired from Cincinnati a year removed from a Super Bowl berth, I, I guess so, sure. Um, but uh, comes what goes wrong with hiring a coach removed from a Super Bowl berth? I mean, that could right. possibly I mean, go wrong here. Yeah. Right. They hired a, a coach Seriously, who wasn't even a coordinator at the, down. at the NFL level yet, right? You know, that um, one still hurts. All right. You know, but. I, Back to um, my point, though, with Aranda and with any of these coaches with relatively short time frames is that uh, it really depends how you walk into a situation on how quick you can turn things around from the talent perspective. Right. Um, And, you know, you look at Aranda winning in, in year two and, you know, most of those players that were probably contributing to that team were recruited by Matt Rule. Um, and so to your point, Boomer, you really need to let that play out a little bit more. Um, you look at Lance Leipold and, um, you know, Kansas struggled under David Beatty, but Beatty was actually, it was brought on to be, uh, the recruiting guy from Texas, right? He had all these connections The Texas high school coaches probably did an okay job of bringing in, you know, three star level talent, um, from Texas that maybe got overlooked by the Texas schools. And, um, I, my sense is Leipold, you know, actually walked into a, a roster that was probably a little more competitive than what was given credit for. He just didn't, they didn't have a good coaching staff to actually get them to, to win football games. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of examples out there like that. So it's, it's, it's gotta be tricky to, to evaluate that. And that's what Trev has to, has to do. All right. Uh, damn it. Vegas, Jared, other good names, Jeff Munkin. Absolutely. I think Jeff Munkin, or Todd Munkin, his brother, <laughs> could be viable candidates. Um, one is the head coach at Army. The other one's the offensive coordinator at Georgia. Jeff Munkin is a name has been thrown out there quite a bit. It seems like he's willing to move away from the triple option. I don't know. I mean, geesh, maybe. How about Lance – or um, how about Lane Kiffin, Rob? I know you love Lane Kiffin, so let's get a positive for hiring Lane. Well, I mean, he's, I mean, he's, he's doing really great when, at – God, I'll say I, I always get Ole Miss. Yeah, I'm sorry. Mississippi University State, Ole Miss. Old Miss and Mississippi State always confuse me. Um, hey, Boomer, hey, wait a second, Rob. But can yeah. you pause for a second? Just for the fun of it. Boomer, can you name other universities? And I think there's a couple out there, but I'm, I'm blanking. That really just go by their moniker that isn't really the name of their university at all as to the degree that Ole Miss goes like by. Ole Miss? Oh, boy. Yeah. I mean, Georgia Tech is something fancier than they are. Isn't Virginia Tech something like Virginia Polytechnic, something to that yeah, effect? That's yeah, that's true. The Polytechnic Institute. So a few like that. I mean, Ole Miss is definitely... Washington State, Washington State goes yeah. by Wazoo. But quite a bit, but not quite as yeah. much as Ole Miss. That's a good one, Rob. That's a good yeah. point. They like the Wazoo nickname. Have it on their helmets at times. 
Yeah, yeah they would definitely be the the main one, I would think. Yeah, everyone calls him Old Miss as opposed to you know, anything else. Yeah. Yeah. When There's I was a little kid, that. like yeah. back in the 80s, um, I was um, would hear Penn State, but I, I, I would hear like Penn State. I was like, what is Penn State? That doesn't make any sense, right? Until I could finally actually realize they're just saying, kind of saying Penn State really quickly. <laughs> Well, so the only other one that I could think of, though, is that um, um, as an Arizona basketball fan, Arizona State goes by trash a lot. <laughs> uh, hilarious. Hilarious. Thank you. All right. Lane Kiffin. He's really Lane good. Uh, Boomer, you have any negatives on Lane? Well, he's definitely an interesting sort. You know, he'd have all sorts of other, you know, kind of issues that come up. He, you know, he's. Likes to stir up trouble online, you know, on and, and social media, things like that. So there could be some other distractions that possibly come up with that. And yeah, I, I don't know. He'd be an interesting hire. And, you know, he, he had some issues when he was at Tennessee. So I don't know what you make of, you know, the he said, she saids, and all that with, you know, him fighting with boosters and things like that. So, or I know he got in a fight with Urban Meyer and stuff like that at coaches. So he'd probably bring some various controversies and things just, just based on who he is and, and his personality. personality. Again, if, yeah, he, if he's winning, I think people would look past that. But if, if they're struggling, that, you know, snowballs pretty quickly. So, well, you know, I mean, another positive too is Lane Kiffin is we'd probably end up with a nice home and away with Alabama. You know, because it's really. I think so. I don't know. <laughs> I'm. I don't. I mean, he's a. I mean, he's a he, he likes to run the football right now. He's I'll a tell former you that. Raiders head coach, and he was trashed there. And I joke and say this, like, because I picked all of the Raiders head coaches there, but man, he just he he just has so much like Josh McDaniels feel to me, and and it really just bothers me. And just something in my gut tells me no, not Lane Kiffin. Even no matter how much I joke about it, and people see it. Like Lane Kiffin just leaves me this weird feeling in my gut. I just, you know. It's... All right, all right. Well, let's. Uh, all right, guys. Um, this you is our list. We had a had a few others that were on here we're missing, but um, anybody else uh, that you find that we should uh, still discuss here? Mark Stoops, for example, or Dave Dorn. Anyone else? Yeah, they're, they're pretty just generic at that point. Oh, and I was thinking Dave. Probably and I was thinking Dave on your old question we kind of forgot about the one we just talked about army i mean the schools what united states military academy at west point you know oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it's army. not army at all Navy's probably the same way you know yeah. annapolis yeah. is you know yeah. is it mm-hmm. yeah. okay all right all right uh anything else we, uh, we want to talk about uh football wise um before uh <laughs> Roger Dodgers having a good one here. Yeah, yeah, Alfred is a poor yeah, broadcaster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody's behind yeah. Mark Helfer. Even though I think I've heard Tom Herman might be going to Colorado. That's a rumor. Oh, that would be interesting. And great. Guess who we play in week two next year? So, how, right. is, yeah. how many yeah. places is Lane coach? Like it seems like he's only like 38 years old. And, and like USC, <laughs> Tennessee, Tennessee, Ole Miss, yeah. um, the Raiders. And then he was off of the coordinator at Alabama. On the bright side, on the bright side, he's not afraid to go for. Oh, he was at Florida, ninety-yard field goal. I mean, was he at Florida Atlantic or International? Florida Atlantic. Atlantic, Yeah, yeah. I mean, so that's a there's a red flag for me right there. You know what I mean? Like he's moved around. He had that kind of. A lot of that was on the rebound. To your point, Rob. I mean, he he uh, he went to Tennessee. Destroyer. What I said, Al Davis is just a career destroyer. 
Yeah, well, that I mean that was beyond that. That was his first thing, right? And then he yeah. then he had Tennessee at it went seven and six. Uh and after that one year went to USC. That's where he flamed out. Um didn't and he like then, leave him on the tarmac or was that him? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And then he went to, to Alabama, then got the Florida Atlantic gig, and then to Ole Miss. Is that right? I got that sequence. That sounds um, right. Yeah. 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 And it all feels like just like it was yesterday. So that's kind of my red flag with Lane Kiffin. I'll leave that out there. All right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, guys. Uh, ready to move over to uh, the BetCast? Sure. Unless you got something for the Wisconsin game upcoming. Let's talk about gambling. The BetCast Picks of the Week. All right. So let's, let's look at how we did last week, guys. Uh, this is... Uh, um, more like it, uh, Boomer. You're so, so close. close there. Yep. Um, at least you got your money back with the push. I did. Um, yep. That fumble they overturned towards the end of the game just killed me. So I thought LSU would have a chance to get another field goal out of it. And oh no, his arm was going forward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I was never really in doubt with the Iowa State Oklahoma State with a twenty to fourteen win there by the. By the, by the pokes at the end of 45 and a half. Uh, Rob, you got Iowa. Um, with, no, uh, getting... Iowa got Wisconsin is what happened. Yeah, <laughs> right. that's true. That's true. And then, and then Skip asked, uh, are we still doing this? And the answer is yes. Uh, even though he did on our text uh, thread mention that Utah would have been his bet. And, uh, and Utah easily covered the night game. So, oh, yeah, they um, did. Uh, I, I, I rode with him on that one. So. Um, uh, didn't have as much luck this week myself, but I'm glad I got another of my best bets in. I'm eight and four on the year, and we'll just keep on where, riding where with am that I number. Now, Dave, too. I think I'm at like yeah. I'm at you're, least, you're at least 500, Rob. Yeah. I mean, if you're if you knew what you were, you'd be able to tell me. But apparently, uh, you haven't I, tried I, that closely. Well, I thought Boomer was keeping track, so I stopped keeping track. And I thought you were <laughs> keeping track. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wait, I thought you were. In track. <laughs> Um, hey, I will say this. Um, I did a, a like a whole three game parlay with Maction. Uh, I think it was that Tuesday night yep. Maction, right? Yeah. Um, and I just went straight money line across the whole thing, ran a parlay, did the round robins, um, took each individual game, and I won all the way across it. And actually, ended up doing pretty well on it. Um, you know, and, yeah. and putting a little bit more money down on that than I normally do. Um, cause I had a speeding ticket in Nebraska that I need to pay before I actually got on the road. to Nebraska. <laughs> so I paid that off with, with, with those bets, which is great. You know, not that I'm condoning, like just trying to mortgage the house just to pay a speeding ticket people, but no, that was really fun. So like, if anyone's looking, you've heard it, it here first folks, it, it, but it was fun. Cause like a Tuesday night college football, you, you know, not, not always a lot going on on Tuesday nights. Um, that's just something to look at just, just for fun because, you know, Mac football is, is, is a fun watch of anything. So, yeah, that's, that's right. Absolutely. I mean, um, it makes sure at Tuesday or Wednesday in November, a little bit more exciting to follow yeah. some of those Mac games and it gives you a, a chance to get ahead of the ledger early, right? If you can be yeah. up a couple of units before you start, start your Saturday games, that's, that's all the better. And in this case, you paid off a parking or a speeding ticket. So I did. I paid off a speeding ticket. That's right. Yeah, you'll be paying for it in insurance. Obviously, Boomer could no, tell you about that. No, for I didn't. The next I two didn't. years, probably. Yeah, he did. Well, Boomer is in insurance, but no, actually, um, you know, Colorado's a point system, 
And they um and I called about it and they said, Well, since I got it out of state, it actually doesn't even count as a point against my Colorado insurance. So there you go. Wow. wow. I had no idea. All and right, guys, let's they're uh, also really lenient in Nebraska on late tickets. I just want you guys to know that I called. I expected to pay a late fee because I kind of forgot about it. And there's no late fee in, in Nebraska on on unpaid tickets. So that's really nice of you guys. Thanks. It's true. Nebraska nice is a thing, even with speeding tickets. So that's right. That's right. All right, guys, let's uh, take a uh, dive here on a few games, and um, it's not a not a great week. Um, a game that I think everybody was looking forward to a few weeks ago, but now seems to be a little bit of a dud is Illinois going into Ann Arbor to take on uh, the third rank Wolverines. Illinois on a two game losing skid. I uh, did not see them losing um, both of those games. And now really likely in peril to, to win the West. It seems to be Purdue or Iowa's game, 18-point favorites there by Michigan, though. Whew. Yeah, Michigan's going to destroy them. I think it'll be close. The first half might be, you know, if there's like a – if you're doing like – I don't know what the first half over-under is, but um, that might be something to take a look at because I think there's going to be highly defensive. But uh, Michigan seems to be a second-half team. I think that they're going to – Go in, sure. make the adjustments they need to make, and come out and just blow the doors off Illinois. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, you got uh, Texas versus Kansas. Uh, Kansas at home and has um, beaten Texas before, right? And uh, yeah, uh, Longhorns are up uh, minus nine there, so almost uh, almost uh, over over a touchdown there. Yeah, um, that's trust there. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and then. <laughs> Probably the marquee game of the week, uh, USC at UCLA. Yeah, big Pac-12 clash. Yeah, yeah. eight versus twelve. Um, UCLA coming off a loss to lowly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, was a bad loss. Although I will say, I will say this. Okay, um, so I, I've you know I said before, obviously I'm an Arizona basketball fan, but my family follows Arizona a lot, Arizona sports, and I probably pay more attention than I'll ever admit to. Um, Arizona is doing a really good job right now of rebuilding and they've got some really good talent on their defense and they have some, um, you know, in the next this year, maybe they're not going to probably won't get bowl eligible, but look for them to actually be competitive in the PAC 12. I'm not saying winning the PAC 12, so don't quote me on that, but they will be more competitive in the PAC 12 in the next, you know, year, two, three, um, especially if this coaching staff continues and, you know, they're, they're not a team to, look past even this year right? yeah but at the I, same I think time, you're right rob i think jed fish is uh, seems to be a pretty good coach and good fit yeah. down there and they've got their quarterback right now and that's and that's a big thing for for them and and they they looked great their defense looked great against ucla like i actually took football so i took um their win total i think it was three i took the over and they hit on this game so i'm yeah quite happy with that yeah um other pac-12 matchup is uh Utah versus Oregon. Talk about another uh, team coming off of a, of a loss. That Oregon loss was brutal. Hey, Boomer. Yeah, what are they doing? I mean, good God. I was yelling at their coach. Yeah. I mean, what a weird game in the sense that it was like 13 to 10 at halftime, I think. And it was the over under was 72 and a half. And then the third quarter, 35 points is scored. They're just racing up and down the field. And then uh washington has that turnover in the end zone where they they are about ready to score and go up again and what and oregon would have raced down the field and scored to, to counter that but 
by getting the turnover, Oregon decided to just take the air out of the ball literally and ran like 10 minutes off the clock on one drive by just running the ball. Didn't throw it once, I don't think. Um, and then but they only get a field goal out of it. And Washington <laughs> yeah. comes back and scores and ties. You were angry like, about that nuts. one, Dave. Like I could feel I it coming through the test because we're on we got our, you know, the three of us for our betcast text, and and like I could feel it coming through. Like I'm sitting there at night, like watching this game and your texts are coming through and I could like feel your anger. Cause we're trying to have like discussions about like world war two, world war one history books. <laughs> and you're just like, that's our alternate. What the hell is Oregon yeah. thinking? Minute drive. <laughs> but, but to, to like hockey saying, well, I really like that. I mean, when they wanted to run the ball, they ran the ball. It was impressive that yeah. they were able to do that. Yeah. Um, Dan Lanning, not a, a previous head coach, Oregon takes him. He's 36, I think. Um, but boy, a honky would sign up for a heartbeat for that offense. Well, I tell you that. Oh, yeah. One thing that they proved too is had they not lost this game, they would have shown that, like, you know what? Yeah, they've got a run game, which is what you need in the college football playoffs, right? So, like, that's like something that would have maybe put nope. Goodbye. Yeah. Yep. I hear no you. more. All right. Other games on the on the docket you guys are looking at? Uh, I'm watching a uh, Big Ten Dunnybrook, uh, Iowa at Minnesota. I mean, that's that should be an offensive flurry with the over-under on points at 32 and a half. So that and is half. insanely low, but that might be accurate. This is all the makings of a you know 16 to 13 type classic. Yeah, I Minnesota think it State. got to 30, 31 and a half uh, at some point yesterday. Yeah, yeah which it, is like a record a, low. A bit, but not much. And but yeah, this is this is not going to be a scoring explosion. There's no way in heck. So I'd almost be tempted to take the under on that. And Minnesota's a two and a half point favorite, which kind of surprises me a little since yeah. they tend to lay an egg in this game against Iowa every year. I kind it's, of expect them to do that again here, just just to annoy the hell out of me. And Iowa will win and keep their you know division hopes alive, just to piss us all off. But uh, so to your point there, Boomer, this is a this is the critical game in the Big Ten West here because oh yeah, this, you have to this, work under the presumption yeah. right now that Illinois is going to lose to Michigan, and then you can also presume. I mean, never safe to presume, but Purdue has the easiest route to get home, right? Yes. I think they have Northwestern that right this week, and then yeah, they, they get Indiana. Right? Yep, they've and got so, it pretty simple. So if they went out, so they, they just yeah, went up. But Iowa has the tiebreaker. And so yeah. if Iowa wins out, they will go at eight and four with that offense yeah, against either annoying. Michigan or Ohio State. Yeah. And boy, but um, and so the way that Iowa doesn't make it is either they lose to Minnesota this week on the road or they lose to Nebraska on Black Friday. Um, yep. Go Big Red. Yeah. And so I would be fun to actually see us beat Iowa to keep them out. Um, but I think the more likely that scenario is that so Minnesota. Can we, can we make like an on paper bet? Like like looking on paper. The team nobody's talking about. I realize they're fit, ranked 15th, but North Carolina is 9-1, right? Like, and they're like they're very quiet 9-1. Yeah, they're yeah. very quiet 9-1. I talked about them last week, and I'll talk about them again this week. They're playing Georgia Tech. They're favored by 21 points. And you're like, well, that seems like a lot Like in general. like I know Georgia Tech is 4-6. and six. It is what it is. But North Carolina is, like, on paper, is almost – you know, 175 yards better offense. They're almost 22 points, 23 points more a game in in offense against Georgia Tech. 
I mean, they're it just it just feels like this is a game where you know North Carolina will probably not just win this game and go ten and one, which is just crazy. And you know, Brett Sianci is probably just wishing he had picked them again this year. But you know, all of a sudden, I think they win this game, and especially if they win it big, they're going to start being talked about a little bit more. You know for like so, maybe the bigger picture because they win the because let's say they just go out and they win the acc title right all of a sudden they like, lose to rob who'd they lose to um you know what i i really don't know like Boomer? i said i just started paying attention to him just started paying attention to him. yeah they yeah, yeah and that's right 64 okay. to 63 but appalachian state is not like the team that everybody you know they're, they're not like the an college FCS football team. playoff committee is not going to put north carolina in at 12 and one with a loss to Appalachian state by giving up 64 points. They haven't, I, I, I like it, Rob. Drake may is, is, um, you know, they're, turning at least, the heads the quarterback. they're at least in the they're discussion. Just, they're not going to get in. I'm, I'll put Clinton in ahead of them. You know, yeah. If it came down to it. Yeah. They're no not, way. North Carolina not that slide. Man. But their I name mean, was Alabama. Like they might slide with a loss to that. It's not like Appalachian state has a history of never beating anybody. No, but didn't, they, <laughs> Dave, uh, didn't they lose to Notre Dame this year? Because they beat Appalachian State. It was some insane score. But oh, was... they won 64-63? I thought they lost that game. Yeah, they, they, lost they, won but they lost to Notre Dame, which okay, makes their battle score. Yeah. I, I take it back, Rob. I take it back. Yeah, That's yeah. my fault. Okay. I mean, I was like, know, the... Appalachian State 64-63. Yeah. Because I will say last night. That game, they, they blew it at the end. Yeah. Last night, driving home from, from trivia after when I got done, there was a guy on late night, like betting radio, Sunday night betting radio, right? Like yeah. talking about talking about saying like, watch for North Carolina because they could sneakily be like the one team that ends up in the college football playoff that nobody expects. So I kind of yeah. stole that from somebody else. Hard. But at the yeah. same time, I mean, hey, you know what? Crazier things have happened. I mean, you know, look at last sure. year. So sure. And they let Cincinnati. Who, are, who does uh, North Carolina have in their last game after uh, this one? Do you know? Uh, they played Georgia Tech, and I think they end the year at Clemson. So, or playing yeah, Clemson, that's where they get at. So, Clemson will win that just to piss us off, too, again. So, yep. True. Rob, is there anything on your board that you want to talk about? Yeah, Georgia Tech, NC State, Clemson. That's how they finished the year. So. You know what? No, not really. I mean, I, I, I will say that um, I would like to thank Skip's uh, CSU Rams. Um, you know, I thought that they were going to pull it out against uh, Wyoming in the border war last week. And, um, but then I looked at it and, um, Wyoming was actually down seven, nothing. And, and you could get them at like plus plus one twenty five um, early in the game for in-game betting. And, um, I picked them and God, what was the other team I, I texted you guys about in a two game parlay and ended up winning like, I think like 60 or 70 bucks at the end of the night to, before I went to bed. So thank you skips uh csu rams for blowing that one you guys look like you were going to pull it off at the end and then just completely went rams so. <laughs> uh, uh, also Dave, uh, there's one more game i was kind of eyeballing yeah. uh tcu they're a two and a half point favorite only over baylor so again they're just not getting a lot of love from vegas they seem to find ways to win every week but they just don't get a lot of love and when it comes to setting the lions so Early game. That's the big noon kickoff. Oh, it was TCU. Oh, yeah. Actually, was the other team in that two-team parlay that I was mm-hmm. that I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, Boomer, this brings up. I wanted to mention this game. Uh, what does TCU and Baylor play for? Oh God. <laughs> I heard the game's called the rivalry, but God, what do they play for? I, oh, the Iron Skillet. 
An Isle of Skillet. That's right. Yes. They play, play for a skillet. skillet. That's right. They've been um, playing since like 1899. So it's one of those old rivalries going on forever. That's a well-seasoned yeah. skillet right there. In fact, yeah. I think that TCU was originally in Waco. Was it not, Dave? I yeah, that sounds yeah. right. They moved. They definitely moved to Fort Worth. That sounds yeah. I think correct. Campus burned down or something like that. So yeah, but Any, yeah. anything to do with David Koresh in that or yeah, yeah, in memory of him, they yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. That's how yeah. it all worked out. But, yeah. Um, you know, UConn got eligible this week. Or God, that's depressing. Ago. God, I hate the world. Yeah. Oh my God, They're playing army. Uh, other matchups. Uh, is Illinois Michigan play for a? Uh, a trophy. Uh, well, Illinois they probably did, but pride, you know, yeah. maybe Illinois, Indiana, Miss, Michigan State. They play for like a spittoon or something like that. Yeah, yeah there's a spittoon <laughs> out there. You know, yeah. I think so. the spittoon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I shouldn't yeah, make fun. We play for bits yeah, of a broken Illinois, chair. Wisconsin, Nebraska plays for what, Rob? I have What's no Nebraska? The uh, Freedom Trophy, Rob. Come yeah, on. Yeah, nobody man. cares about those. Those are, I, I, yeah. Those are corporate boardroom manufacturing you know what? trophies. I, I'll just put it this: this is probably our. I, I hate to say this too, because but this is probably our best chance to beat Wisconsin in the last seven years, or however long it's been since we beat them. And you know, I mean, who yeah, knows? Sure. Hopefully, Wisconsin was just yeah. like dialed it in, at, you know, and like or just mailed it in here at this point, and Nebraska comes out, you know, at least with a chip on their shoulder. Yeah, I, you, yeah, I'm yeah. reaching. All right, I'm reaching. I'm trying. If if you want to feel better about yourself, Rob, uh, since we're just randomly talking about uh, you know angry fan bases and whatnot, uh, Texas A&M three and seven. Texas A&M has UMass one and nine. UMass coming to town. Can you imagine God, they play UMass this weekend? Jeez. Holy cow! If A&M loses to if A&M loses to UMass, that might be like. Like the largest like differential in NIL money to lose like in the history of college football to this point, right? Like that's probably a first statement. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine UMass is churning out a whole lot of NIL deals for their players. Yeah, that's just a guess. I don't have any numbers in front of me, but I'm guessing it's pretty pretty slim. Like, hey, look, if you perform well for the next four years, and we'll give you a nice we, word to go to MIT or something like. We that. We mentioned yeah. Iowa, Minnesota. That's for Florida Rosedale, right? Yes, it is. Yep. <laughs> is it 32 and a half still or 31 and a half? I don't know. Stanford Cal is this week. That's the right. Game. The game for the Axe. Yep. Yeah, the Axe. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Uh, I won that, season. won that last year, didn't they? Bedlam is this week. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. Yeah, that's a game I don't know how to read. Uh, Oklahoma is struggling. Oklahoma State at least finally got a win. I mean, they collapsed in their previous two playoffs. games so i don't know I, I have no faith in any of them so playoffs roger Sorry. dodger asked if we want jim mora jr i i have, i have to give jim mora jr credit for winning at uconn but i don't think i'm quite ready for that jump no. um and yeah all right all right all right guys uh you guys ready to get out of here absolutely right, you are, Dave. parting shots rob take it away um, I just want to remind everyone that no matter what happens on Saturdays, um, and I don't even care how much NIL money some of these college students are making, because the fact of the matter is not all of them are making that kind of money. And a lot of these guys do depend on their scholarships just to be able to go to school and be able to afford to go to school. And they're probably doing some great things for their families by being on the team. And, you know, they're not all playing every single week. There's no reason to be going after players. 
um, at all, ever. And it's unacceptable. And if you're doing it, you're a douchebag. All right. Thanks, Rob. And Boomer. Uh, first off, I did want to mention we the baseball schedule did get announced this uh, today, so it looks exciting already that there's a couple of early season matchups that are going to really test this team. They play Vanderbilt and Old Miss. Yeah, I in saw the, that. Uh, College Classic, so that'll be interesting. It's in to see Minneapolis. That. Yeah, so that that should be fun. So there's there's some good games there, and your usual San Diego, South Alabama's, Northern Colorado, which is a tradition, you know, unlike mm-hmm. any other. When it comes to baseball, so that's just around the corner. So looking forward to that. And I did also want to mention an article I saw earlier today um, from our good friends across the border at the University of Iowa. Uh, they've talked to their law enforcement. It's been one year since they'd approved alcohol sales at Kinnick Stadium, and they'd noticed a change. And uh, the Iowa University of Iowa Police Chief noticed that they've noticed less trash around the stadium, fewer intoxicated people showing up at games. And uh, fans appear to not be making pregame drinking as much of a priority. And the University of Iowa hospitals and clinics have stated game day admissions have been lower since the policy was put into place. Shocking. But, yeah, complete well, madness that, you know, if you allow drinking in the stadiums at, you know, modest amounts and reasonable prices, that people aren't going to be complete morons about it. So, yeah, but at can the we same, do that? Sure, I don't know. At the Apparently, same time, if they're not that drunk, season, so. then their offense is less tolerable. So. Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if Iowa can pull this off, people, you know, can we not in the state? Is that what we're thinking about ourselves? So that we can't handle this sort of stuff? I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Very true. Very true. All right, guys. uh, Fun show. Um, I'll look forward to a Friday night's uh, show at the Hell Varsity Club. Uh, Rob Homke and Mac are having a great time. And uh, make sure you go there and check them out in La Vista. Uh, For now, let's call that a Go Big Redcast. Go Big Red. Hoda Media Production.